Welcome to The Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocket. Today we're talking about water, its connection with forest practices, and how all Oregon communities can get the clean water they need for drinking, cooking, washing, pets, all of our daily uses. We're talking via Zoom with Carrie Cantrell in Portland and Anna Kaufman in Astoria. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us, Roger. Happy to be here. Me too. Thanks, Roger. To start with, uh, please tell us a bit about yourselves and your involvement in clean water issues. And Anna, would you go first? Sure. My name's Anna Kaufman, and I'm a recent graduate in environmental studies from Vassar College in upstate New York. I'm an artist and a lover of nature and this area, my, my community here in Oregon. Um, I just recently began my internship with the North Coast Communities for Watershed Protection at the beginning of this year, but I initially found out about the group last summer when I was working on a thesis project, which was a multimedia art installation about clear cutting and old growth in the Pacific Northwest. And I ended up um, learning about NCCWP and reaching out to Nancy Webster, who is the head of the group, um, and interviewing her for the project. And I, I just, I care a lot about the environment and I really support her issue, which is to stop logging within Oregon watersheds. So that's, that's how I got involved. And Carrie, how about you? Thanks. Um, yeah, I would say that my experience finding my way here mirrors a lot of what Anna just said. I'm also a student in classes right now in communication, um, transferring to OSU and Corvallis. And I was writing a research paper, ended up reaching out to Nancy on an environmental topic. And same, same, but different, just ended up speaking to Nancy about my background at KBOO Radio here in Portland, sister station to KMUN, and that got Nancy really, really excited. And so um, we ended up landing on this project, which is why we're here today, which is to reach out to the community and begin documenting some of the stories which is something that me and Anna have come together to collaborate on as storytellers from two different perspectives. So what is, what is your mission now as you're, as you're working with them? What, what is it that you want to accomplish? The NCCWP's main mission at the moment is really ending all logging, specifically clear cutting, pesticide spray, and slash burning within our drinking watersheds here in Oregon. And we actually have a, a live petition going on, which you can sign to support this. You can find it on the homepage of our website, which is healthywatershed.org. Um, and the petition will be presented to city, county, and state legislators, as well as agencies, to show the widespread public support for ending logging in our watersheds and ensuring safe um, and plentiful drinking water, as well as clean air to our people. And right now we have around 600 signatures. We're looking for about 800, so we're almost there. And we really would appreciate your support. 
why would why would someone want to sign this? What's the problem now? What are, what are we trying to solve? Well, right now, the advancement of technology and also access to industrial logging practices for logging industries has increased over the last two decades, three decades. Um, Oregon, I think, used to be known as a bit more of a mom and pop shop, logging sort of steady, very friendly for the economy. Um, and there's actually even some measures tied in to public school funding um, that requires logging in the state of Oregon as a measure of education funding. What we're trying to do is address the relationship is what it is now, which is an entirely for-profit, not, not community-oriented approach. Um, from outside logging industries, basically. Um, and so these practices have, as Anna mentioned, become very toxic. Um, the, the, the use of hanging chainsaws and chemical sprays on the tree farm areas are leaching toxins and pollutants into the drinking water of people who live on the coast. And that is unacceptable because people need drinking water to drink and to live. Um, and so that's that's what we're trying to address. We are seeking to end all logging in watershed resource areas. We're here to seek stories and seek perspectives of people who are being affected by these practices. And that's that's pretty much what we're here to find out is in our ways of communicating. We'll be here in the community and reaching out to people up and down the coast. Uh, wanting wanting to hear your perspectives, wanting to understand what's happening and to share that perspective in one of our other overarching goals, which is to educate the people about the forest ecology and all of the many values we get from that ecosystem, from clean water to clean air to tourism and other sources of economy. Mm -hmm. how, how broad an area do you intend to, to cover with this? So I think we're going to be reaching out to community members up and down the coast of Oregon, uh, pretty much in the same jurisdiction, I guess you could say that the North Coast Community of Watershed Protection covers. So from Rockaway Beach up to Astoria. So a lot of Clatsop and Tillamook counties then would be, would be included in this. Yes, there's lots of people to talk to. We are, we certainly have our work cut out for us. <laughs> Well, this, this would be a huge change, and, and when changes like this are proposed, usually the logging industry pushes back. Um, I think most industries, if they're afraid that they will lose something, tend to push back pretty hard. And, um, you know, currently the Oregon Department of Forestry is, is trying to uh, create a habitat uh, conservation plan for state forests. And that's become a controversial issue because uh, because of those same reasons, but they are forging ahead with it uh, to try to to establish that that forest will be managed for balance rather than for just for logging. Please. I was just going to say you're not you're not wrong um, about there being pushback from the logging industry, and that's one of the things that connects us, not just in Oregon but across the continent and across the world, there, there is these sorts of conversations and struggles happening between community and resource extraction companies all the time. 
And for people who want to believe that this is strictly an Oregon conversation and it's not applicable anywhere else, it is because we live in a world where there are shrinking resources, especially drinking water, and it needs to be it needs to be a priority to protect and preserve what we do have instead of thinking about short-term economic goals. You mentioned earlier that that there was a lot of mom and pop forestry in Oregon at one time. And that was a case where um, private owners or small owners would manage the land with the idea that they were going to hand it down to their children and it would be something that would be a family asset forever. And in the course of doing that, um, it, it sort of was a conservation uh, practice at the same time, but now we have an awful lot of corporate owned forests, don't we? Does that change that dynamic? I would absolutely say yes, it does change the dynamic. And I'm going to preface saying that I'm not from Oregon originally. I'm from Appalachia, North Carolina, where we see private land you know, sold to companies for coal removal. Um, and so that's, you know, that's my experience with environmental resource extraction. Um, and what I understand about Oregon history is that there's a lot of culture that was built into logging. Um, a lot of value, like you said, that was expected to be passed down from generation to generation. And as I see the same overtaking, I guess I see the same sort of like tidal wave of industrialism overtaking a lot of people who don't have their own hardware stores anymore, who don't have uh, businesses to pass down to family. It's, it's, this, it's been the same um, industrial march that takes people out of the equation and also, again, uh, focuses on the extraction as a method of exploitation. Well, Anna, if you can push through and accomplish this change where logging, clear cutting, pesticide spraying, slash burning, and all of those things are no longer permitted within drinking watersheds, that would really affect more than just water, wouldn't it? That would have a broader effect on, on, on the ecosystem. Yes, that's absolutely true. So the, the temperate rainforest biome, which we have here in the Pacific Northwest, has more biomass than any other ecosystem on Earth. So it's critical to the maintenance of biodiversity regionally and also globally um, to keep our, our mature forest ecosystems intact. They also act as a carbon sink um, and a figure according to the EU commission Worldwide, old growth forests are responsible for about 10% of all carbon sequestration. So these ecosystems are really our allies in the face of a changing climate, and they're critical to our well-being as we move forward. Um, and, and they are also purifiers of drinking water and our air and critical to other geochemical processes like the nitrogen cycle. Um, and clear cuts that we see here really create these massive changes in the local environment. Um, they increase desertification and lead, lead to die-offs of local flora and fauna, especially adapted to a temperate rainforest environment. It should also be noted that 
Currently, the Oregon timber is industry is the largest emitter of CO2 in the state at about 33 million metric tons per year. So we need to start looking at our forests as a part of the solution to climate change and the extinction crisis, as well as the solution to the public health crisis we've been seeing with the rise of endocrine diseases and cancers, which is something directly related to the clear cutting and application of dangerous herbicides in our watersheds. I kind of like to open things up now if I can. I've been asking you questions and kind of, um, I guess, directing the conversation in that way. But I, I just like to hear from you more about what you would like people to know about this, what you would like to say about this entire, this entire situation and, uh, and why you feel it's really important for you to, to, to move ahead and do what you're trying to do. Thank you. Yeah, so we, we're here again talking to you to spread the message that North Coast Communities for Watershed Protection exists. People, it's, it's, it's unignorable at this point when you see a decline in fish salmon population, when you see the runoffs into the Jetty Creek area, um, when, you, when, when you witness like what's happening to the forest ecosystem. As somebody who has been there, we, we wanna talk to you. We wanna get eyewitness statements and we also wanna get on the ground perspectives. And so that's why we're here is to say that North Coast Communities for Watershed Protection is an organization that is involved and we want you to be involved too. And you can go to healthywatershed.org and sign up petition to make your voice known. And you can also sign up to be a volunteer and join us in putting a sign in your front yard that says no more logging in watershed areas. You can come to one of our workshops and learn more about the healthy forest ecosystem compared to the exploited one and learn about the benefits of protecting our forest systems. I just, I want to emphasize that this is a really large issue and it's scary, um, especially I think most people like myself feel so at the mercy of this overarching system. Um, but in fact, I think as people living here in a democratic society, our voices are actually the guiding voice of the government. So I, I want to remind people that where there is fear and crisis, there's also room for opportunity and hope and camaraderie and change. And I, I think it all starts with communication, which is why we're here um, talking about the issue. So I would say talk to your neighbor and to your friends and your partner, um, your mailman, whoever. And I hope to empower people listening as citizens and, and stewards of this land, like myself, to use their voice to hold our government and private companies accountable. Because we, we need to tell the government to start looking at the forest as a commonwealth instead of a commodity. Um, technically, this should already be the state's primary focus and legal obligation because it's already inherent as a part of the Oregon Public Trust. 
which was a, a doctrine adopted by the state to hold certain natural resources as critical for the well-being of the public. And obviously, these natural resources need to include our forest and our water. So I think we, as caretakers of our land and families, and as part of, part of this democratic system, must ask the essential question, which is, do our current forest practices, public and private, support the obligations of the public trust? And I, I think the answer is no. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you will be proceeding with this? How will you be doing your outreach? Um, uh, what, what can people expect to see? Or how are you going to reach out to people? Sure. We're starting with a list of volunteers within the North Coast Community Watershed Protection Organization. And we've started basically shaping the story around what we know already, how the organization was formed and why. Being on your show is an important part of our outreach. So I'll say it again for the folks in the back. The website is healthywatershed.org. And if you have a story that you would like to share, you can go to the contact page on that website and reach out to Nancy Webster, uh, say, get involved and say, I heard about this on KMUN and I would love to tell a story about it. And we're also, as two professional communicators, reaching out to other organizations. Um, we'll be looking for professional perspectives out in the field of forestry, environmentalism, and also on the ground perspectives of people who live right next door to logging, for example. So we want to get a very comprehensive overview of what's happening and how it's affecting the community. This seems like a good time to listen to excerpts from a couple of the podcasts Carrie and Anna are producing. First, let's listen to the beginning of an interview with Nancy Webster, one of the founders of North Coast Communities for Watershed Protection. And then we'll hear some thoughts from Carl Whiting, owner of an art gallery in Wheeler and a volunteer with the group. Welcome to the North Coast Forest Protectors podcast, where we explore the pressing issues facing our planet and the ways in which we can take action to protect it. In this podcast, we focus on the fight to protect forested watershed resources in Oregon, USA from overlogging. The logging industry has long been a controversial issue in Oregon, with many people concerned about the impact it has on our natural resources. We'll be speaking with experts in the field and everyday stakeholders to learn more about this issue and what we can do to help protect these critical resources for future generations. So whether you're an environmental activist or just someone who cares about the planet, this podcast is for you. Let's start the conversation and take action to protect our natural world. For our first episode, we are interviewing Nancy Webster. Nancy Webster is a longtime citizen of Rockaway Beach, Oregon, and one of the original organizers of NCCWP, or North Coast Communities for Watershed Protection. Here's what she has to say. So my name is Nancy Webster and I reside in Rockaway Beach, Oregon. I'm with the North Coast Communities for Watershed Protection. And we are a grassroots group with about over eight or 900 subscribers. And we started out concerned about logging and spraying and our drinking water sources, forested drinking water sources. and 
it was loggers who told us that we're actually clear cutting my watershed that said this isn't good for your drinking water and they're going to spray and so that i couldn't believe it and so that's what started our group and we gradually then other communities were having similar problems and so we went from being rockaway citizens for watershed protection which started about 12 years ago to about three or four years ago, becoming North Coast Communities for Watershed Protection. And we're a grassroots group advocating. Now we, we, we started out and we've gotten back to that we want no more logging and undercut logging and or logging and spraying in our drinking water sources, regardless of ownership. And we want, all of us want bull run protections you have in Portland. Bull run protections? Okay, so Ori, Portland's water comes from bull run, which is up in the mountains. Hood National Forest and in the 70s and 80s they were logging it and the city was promoting logging their watershed and so there was a group of citizens that got together and it took a while maybe 10 years but they were able and one is owned by the federal government but they were able to stop logging and spraying in that drinking water source and mm -hmm. my mother actually lived here in Portland at that point and was involved with the group of citizens Though she died in 84 and it was finally stopped in 1993. Um, so to sum it up, you, you just said that the purpose would be to stop all logging in Oregon? And drinking water sources. And so there's, so 70% of people in Oregon get their drinking water from designated forested watersheds. And oh. so there's still, that's only targeting and it's defined by DEQ, the actual boundaries of a watershed. And so that is, we're asking that we stop logging and spraying in our drinking water sources. And one, it really compromises the watershed. So in the last 17 years, Jetty Creek, which is the drinking water source for Rockaway, has mm -hmm. been logged 95% on very steep slopes. And right. now because of climate change, the coast has even been drought in this. I mean, there's droughts throughout the state and that's really affecting the quality and quantity of our water. And then when they spray this multiple times pesticides in your drinking water, there's very limited testing and some is showing up and, you know, it's maybe quote low limits, but no one wants that in their drinking water. And plus there's only been like one official testing for pesticides by DEQ in our drinking water source in 12 years. We feel that water is critical. Water is life. It's life for the whole ecosystem of Jetty Creek and that we really need because of drought and climate change to protect our drinking water sources. There has been in the summers now, drinking water shortages up and down the Oregon coast. Well, actually throughout the state, it's, you know, it's a statewide problem too. But the slopes of Neocani and further back toward Onion Peak are just a patchwork of clear cuts. And one of the things that Margaret and I noted when we came here while there's been a historic connection between the timber industry and local funding for schools and different kinds of economic outcomes that may provide opportunity for small towns, there are concerns that I and others in the coastal area have about the sustainability of that kind of practice in our watershed as you cut on steeper slopes and as the rains that come in the winter that are quite heavy here wash a lot of that topsoil down into 
Nahalem Bay and out to sea, you can watch it happen. You see massive tree stumps, many of them, many of them, if not the majority, cut with uh, chainsaws and a chocolate brown river as it rushes out. And then if you go down to uh, the opening where the Nahalem enters into the Pacific Ocean, just south of that with the current is just a mass for miles of twisted trunks and and and, and broken limbs that um, are washing into the river and then out to sea. And so my concern has been how do people make a living and continue to, you know, produce wood for people's houses, but in a way that is sustainable and uh, looks at the balance between the folks who live here in the region, the natural world that surround us, that makes so many people just fall in love with this area, and then the kinds of economic opportunities that present themselves and how to keep all of that in balance. As an artist and a small business owner, what what vision would you create for the future at this point? It's funny that you ask because it wasn't long ago that an arborist for the state came in. And I was in the process of setting up an easel where I was going to be painting a large tree. And as I might have mentioned at the beginning of our discussion, I'm still learning my Pacific Northwest trees. And so I asked the gentleman, tell me what kind of tree is this? And he said, oh, that's a Sitka spruce. And uh, I wanted to have it properly named as I was working on it. I wanted to know more about the trees because the more I know, the more detail and, and the more connected I feel to my paintings. But while he was looking around the gallery, he was noting the clear cuts that are on the slopes uh, uh, near Neocani Mountain. And I asked him, if we stopped right now and came to our senses and really uh, looked again at what we're doing uh, to the forest, to the coast range, and we, and we just stopped right now, could we get back what we have? And he said, no. He said, we've done too much and the environment is changing. The topsoil, a lot of it is gone. The, the conditions are not there to create the kind of moisture and the kind of uh, context you need to really develop a healthy old growth forest. In his opinion, we couldn't get back to where we were. And then he paused for a second, he kept looking out the window and then he said to me, but we could get to someplace better than what we've got now. And to me, that sense of despair and hopefulness and that balance where some days you look out and you really focus on the clear cuts. Other days you look out and you focus on what's still there to build from. Well, uh, thank you both for doing what you're doing. And uh, perhaps if you could just repeat again, if somebody says that's something I'd like to be involved in, how would they do that? How would they get in touch or how would they find out more? So anyone looking for more information, I would strongly encourage you to check out NCCWP's website, which is healthywatershed.org, um, for resources, to contact us, to share your story, um, and to sign our current petition to end all logging in our drinking watersheds here in Oregon. 
There's also a lot of resources on the website. There are very informative newsletters. There are recordings of past workshops and talks that are very educational and enlightening. And we are also involved in creating a digital content page where you will find not only the interviews that we will be that we are currently finishing um, and editing right now to be posted. Um, but you will also find more videos and pictures of the clear cut area and the results of clear cutting. Well, I want to thank you both, uh, Carrie Cantrell in Portland and uh, Anna Kaufman here in Astoria. We're talking with us about clean water, community watersheds, and how they're all affected by forest practices in Oregon. This is The Human Beat. I'm Roger Ryan. Thanks for listening. Thank you.